Hello, and welcome to Televox Talks, a podcast which explores the often complex, occasionally challenging, and always interesting relationship between humanity and technology. My name is Dan Johnson, and today we are going to be talking about how our modern ways of working affect our brains and behavior, the role that technology plays in that, both as a contributing factor and as a potential remedy. We'll talk about psychology, neuroscience, technology, business practices, office design, employee welfare, and more. We'll dig into what the latest workplace developments mean for our brains and investigate what businesses and individuals can do to adapt for the future. I am delighted to welcome uh, our guests today. Uh, that is Dorde, CMO at APOS. Hello. Hi, Daniel. Great to uh, talk to you. It's great to have you here. I am very excited for this. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, EPOS and then a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, definitely. At EPOS, we, uh, we do design uh, high-end audio and video solutions. We do that for professional uh, business professionals and for gamers all around the world. We do that to help users being able to focus and perform better with less brain energy spent. Fantastic. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your role and your background? What brought you to EPOS? So my role is uh, I'm an old marketeer, so I've been working within the space of uh, brand building and positioning and uh, digital marketing for uh, about 20 years. Um, been working with leadership for more than uh, 12 years. And uh, the reason I joined EPOS two years ago is with the journey we are on at EPOS. We set on a mission to unleash human potential with the core of audio. So the power of audio, how can that help individuals to perform better and not be at a so high risk to burn out or be out of energy when we leave work or when we have been uh, playing games, online games for hours. So I think the mission really made me changed to EPOS two years ago because I think tech is really at a point where tech really can help us people perform better and have a better life. And I think that is really interesting. My background is from other industries before joining, so it is a change of industry for me. But this mission of really helping people to perform better by the abilities that we see in tech really made me curious and passionate about the EPOS journey. Excellent. So you mentioned a couple of problems there. You mentioned burnout. You mentioned uh, feeling very tired. Can you talk a little bit about the problems uh, that people are facing today that APOS is trying to solve? Yeah. So we, we actually did a study a little, a little ago um, where we saw that 95% of today's modern workers, they are challenged with keeping concentration and efficiency at work. Because for most of us today, we have a workday where most of the meetings also include someone joining in uh, digitally, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one call, like uh, us talking together one-on-one, -on -one, or if it's a hybrid meeting. Uh, that is the new way of working. It's really, really difficult being in this artificial sound for the full day that makes us tired and we really try to compensate from that by using a lot of energy. And then the, there is a risk that we don't have more energy by the end of the day or even before. Okay, so so you and I now, we, we weren't able to do this podcast recording in person. We're recording remotely. We both have our headsets on. Uh, so what are the likely effects of this going to be for you and I today? 
I would say since we do have professional headsets on, on both sides, we have taken the actions that is the minimum actions to do to make sure that we don't spend too much energy. But if we look um, into the deeper understanding of, of hearing and understanding, our brain is constantly orienting what is happening around us. So our brain recognizes the this, the different sounds, the sound of the room, meeting room I'm in here, the sound coming from you, the sound coming from the room you are in, depending on how good your microphone is. So my brain constantly orients, try to focus on the essentials and try to recognize if I've heard something about uh, this before. I cannot control my brain, but I can control the environment I put myself or my brain into. So to do this podcast with you in a, in a digital uh, or in a virtual meeting, I made sure to be in a room where there is a good acoustics. I made sure to have a headset on that helped me getting uh, your, your voice in, into clear, having clear signals that will be sent from my ears to my brain. But also I chosen a product that has a really good microphone so I hopefully don't send any background noise or room noise from my side onto your side, also trying to help you getting your best conditions for the brain. So there's a lot that we need to think about being in, in artificial sound because our reptile brain was not designed for that. So what does all of this mean for the employees and the people that are working in these environments? It means that if we go many years back, we went to work, we were talking to people that were in the same room. So that is um, sounds that our brain used to understand and recognize. So one example is when, when I'm meeting my manager in a room, I know what it sounds like, what the signal sent to the brain is, if he's happy, if he's sad, if he's mad. But then if I, the next day, have a meeting with the same person, but in a virtual meeting, um, my brain needs to understand that it sounds different. The sound signal sent to the brain is different, whether he's happy, sad, or mad. So that means that in my brain, I need to understand and put into memory, actually, not only three types of signals to recognize if he's happy, sad, or mad, but six, because it is different. And then we then maybe go into a hybrid meeting where uh, he's in a room together with other people, but I'm calling in, then it again sounds differently. Then we have nine different signals for the brain to understand. So that talks a little bit about the complexity with the new way of working. There's a lot of great benefits with the new way of working. We can work from anywhere, right? We can have days from home. We can actually be traveling to a warm destination and work from there instead of in rainy Denmark as it is today here. But we just need to be careful about the negative or side effects of the virtual way of working uh, because it is challenging for the brain. So we need to make sure we help the brain with getting the best conditions in our new way of working. So we don't get too tired, get too exhausted and have a risk of burnout. So we've talked a little bit about the effects for employees, how they feel during these meetings or in this new working environment. Uh, but I'm going to guess that has some sort of knock-on effect on businesses and the work that's produced as well. Yes, definitely. Um, 
for businesses, it is about performance and efficiency, right, in, in most cases. And um, well-being is a very important parameter in ensuring that a, a business is performing on a high level. If I don't have more energy around lunch because I've been in hybrid meetings all morning where it's really taking all the cognitive capacity I have in just being spent on listening and understanding what is being said, even, even maybe not having had the cognitive capacity put, to put anything into the memory, then the business, the company I work for, do not get the best value out of me because I would then actually with better equipment and better environments to work in, better office designs, I would be able to perform more and be more efficient and thereby create more value from the company. There's also the other negative, right? We do see more and more people, unfortunately, burn out, being on sick leave. And uh, that is very expensive also for companies. It's not good for the engagement at the company, but it's also something you really see on the bottom line. And I'm guessing on a, on a macro level as well, if people are struggling to concentrate during hybrid meetings or digital meetings, uh, those meetings are going to suffer individually as well. Exactly, exactly. We actually did a study um, half a year ago, um, a scientific study on, uh, on psychoacoustics. So it becomes a little bit technical. But what we could see from that study was that um, by using the EPOS technologies in that product versus not, uh, we could reduce listening fatigue with 35%. And we could also help you hear and understand 20% more words, that actually means that if you said a sentence of five words to me without the equipment we tested on, I wouldn't only be able to hear four of them and then my brain had to figure out the fifth word. I wouldn't even notice that my brain is guessing the fifth word because that's just what the brain does. But it, it creates unneeded energy from the brain to be guessing the fifth word. Whereas with, with good uh, audio equipment, you get the fifth word. So you don't need to spend brain energy on it. And that makes sure also uh, a proof that you could actually save up to 10% more into your memory. So, so back to this with the macro problem. I'm in a meeting. If I spend all my energy on listening and understanding and do not put it into my memory, then when I leave the meeting, I didn't learn anything. I didn't, didn't put into memory what to, how to progress from there, how to do it different for company, for the, for the macro environment. So it really makes a huge difference uh, on performance and, and also well-being. I can imagine. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so one thing I want to talk about now is uh, we've looked at uh, how this affects hybrid work. We talked about digital meetings and all this kind of stuff. Uh, that's very related to office work. And I'm wondering if these factors, these problems, these issues might also be relevant for other fields as well. It, it definitely is because uh, this is uh, because it is. The, it affects people. So it affects uh, people, uh, all humans being in, in virtual or digital uh, dialogues with other people. So another area that we also do research in is for gamers. So if you're an online gamer, you often will also be on a, on a call with the, your teammates you're playing with. And 
you spend a lot of energy as a gamer to understand where are the footsteps coming from, where do I need to react, which side do I need to move to, what should be my next action. At the same time, you're also communicating with the team members, trying to understand very fast what they're doing, what they are going, how they are going to react. So it also it's really also beneficial for, for example, uh, online gamers. But in general, it is for people because it is how our reptile brain is is designed uh, that that we stretch by being in a, in artificial sound environments. I really like this because now I have some scientific evidence to give to my brother next time we're playing games and I suck. I get to say no, no, this is not me. This is. This is science. This is why I'm so bad and why I'm dying so many times. Maybe we, uh, we need to help you uh, get an EPOS gaming headset so uh, you would have maybe a better chance to win, right? Yes, although if I continue to lose, we need to find something else to blame it on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm really interested in kind of the sciencey neuroscience aspect of this. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or is that uh, uh, maybe a little bit uh, too much for what's supposed to be quite a hopefully uh, simple podcast to understand? I would love to talk about it and I could talk about it for hours. I think it's so interesting. We think that we can just use technology right to make sure we hear something better because then we don't need to put so much attention into it but it it the neuroscience or the psychoacoustic research which is what we are world leading in as a group is really about helping individuals perform uh, better in life not only at work or at home but but perform, perform better in life. Um, so what we do is we are owned by a group called Dingmans. Um, and at Dingman, we have our own research center called ERX Holm. Uh, it's in Denmark. We also work with uh, uh, more than hundreds of universities around the globe, some closer than others. Uh, but with those, we work on uh, scientific brain studies uh, to really understand how the brain works. We do have uh, three different methods uh, for how we are testing this. I will only talk into one of them. The two others gets more complicated than we need the, my, my colleague, the brain scientist, to, uh, to explain that to make sure it's correct. But one of the things we do is called pupillary three uh, testing. So that is where you are in a room, you are having a, a hearing solution or headset on, uh, and then you hear some different messaging in different sound environments, and then you have to respond. So it's not just listening, but you actually have to show that you understood what was being said. And you also have to prove if you actually put it into memory. So you need to also do some actions a bit later. And all when you're doing this, you're looking into a camera that only looks at your pupils. Because what science shows uh, is that if we do something that is hard, takes a lot of energy for our brains, our pupils will increase. When it's very easy for our brain, then pupils will decrease again. So it's not like you and us talking together and I can see, oh, now you're really challenged uh, on this. Um, but it really has to be a camera that, that is very close to the eyes. But by doing this, we are able to see if we do like in this use case, have this technology to help the user better orient, focus, and recognize how much energy will then the user spend on this. 
versus another sound environment in the same use case. And in that way, we create products. And in, in Dingment, we work both with um, hearing aids. So we do this testing on people that are hearing impaired, but also people with a normal hearing. We do it in live situations. So being at a restaurant and we do it in online games, hybrid meetings, etc., to really test the different use cases or sound environments we are in uh, as people whether we have a normal hearing or a hearing loss. We have done this for more than 10 years, so we do have a lot of data. So when we design new products at EPOS, we always start with who is this product for, what are the use cases, and what data do we have on how we give the brain the best conditions. And then from that, we design how should the acoustic design be and the algorithms in the products to really give the best conditions for the brain. And then the last step is, of course, testing it to also see, did it then help uh, the, the relieve the brain uh, for the user by testing on real humans? And sometimes testing on real people sounds bad, right? But remember, here it is, having a headset on, being in a studio where you look into a camera so and, and doing some exercises. And based on that, we can see if it's easy or if it's hard for the brain and then adjust the product. So we make sure that we help uh, the users do, do their best with less brain energy spent. That's really fascinating. And I, I'm really glad I'm not hooked up to one of those cameras right now because I'm having flashbacks to my neuroscience degree. And I feel like my brain is uh, telling me I'm going to have an exam on this tomorrow. So I, thank you for not uh, forcing me to uh, do one of these tests right now. So we've talked a little bit about uh, about work and we've talked a little bit about gaming. Uh, you briefly touched on some other areas of our lives that this can impact. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how these overall problems uh, that might be accumulated through work, through meetings, etc., impact our day-to-day -day lives? Yeah, so, so in general, it is when we um, do have conversations in using uh, digital audio or what we in, in the audio world call artificial sound, then we put um, more pressure on the brain. And what it means is when we start in the morning, when we wake up in the morning, we have uh, the energy, a new set of energy rights. And uh, we can spend that energy on what we choose to spend the energy on, but some energy is spent on what we don't, don't actually think we spend energy on. And, and that is where, for example, putting ourselves in a sound environment, uh, we can control by having the right equipment, by thinking about the acoustic in the room we're in. We cannot control that the, the brain will be searching for, to orient, focus, and, and recognize. So we really need to think about how we spend the energy during a day to make sure we, we do have energy enough to live our life, not only to work, not only to be uh, uh, focused and have attention at, our, uh, at home uh, after a work day, but to, to be actually be able to stay focused and engaged in what we do in life uh, and have energy lift uh, for that. Did that answer your question? It did indeed, yes. I can really see how these problems are impacting everything. And now I'm trying to plan how 
to reserve some energy for the rest of the day. I'm uh, very concerned about cancelling some meetings to try and uh, make sure I get a good night's sleep. But if I can uh, comment on, on, on that one, it's, it's, it's actually not new, right? Because we also, years back, then we suddenly had Outlook, right? And uh, then uh, we started checking emails every second minute. And then we uh, went to courses uh, to uh, get uh, trained to only check emails a few times a day. Um, so so te- with technologies comes a lot of possibilities. But there comes more possibilities than we as of humans are able to do in, in, in a day and to have energy for and do good. So that's where it's really about developing technology, but not for the sake of what technology can do, but to enable humans to do their best. So it's a super interesting topic, not only talking about audio, but in general, how tech can help people, but also how tech can actually lead to we don't do our best as people. So uh, I'm going to admit I'm a bit of a nerd and I've been digging through some of the uh, research that you have been doing and some of the stuff you've been publishing. And I'm really interested in something that I came across called APOS Brain Adapt. Uh, Could you tell me a little about that? Yeah. APOS Brain Adapt is our audio philosophy. So this is uh, how we design products. What we do at APOS is we design audio for the brain. And that is the center part of EPOS Brain Adapt. So EPOS Brain Adapt technologies is not one single technology. And it's not the same technology in all products. It is really, when we design products, we take a starting point in the person, the use case, the knowledge we have about the brain. And if it's a product for a very complicated use case, then there's a lot of different at very advanced technologies. Maybe EPOS AI is a part of it, etc. If it's a solution for a simpler sound environment, it needs less uh, technical uh, features in, in the product. But all our products are developed based on that it should improve the conditions for the brain. So help helping the users perform better with less energy spent. So it's not a single technology. It's it's a holistic set of acoustics and algorithms in our products. And how does this differ from what's been done in the past? How it differs, uh, we have been doing this for several years, I have to say. We have put a lot of focus into really understanding the brain and the connection to audio. So we have for more than 10 years worked with our own research center, with our own uh, researchers, uh, which specialized in how the brain works, and with external universities to really ensure that we have a lot of deep, in-depth knowledge here, but also data tested on real people with uh, real uh, sound profiles that they interact with, right? So where we differentiate from the competitive landscape is the enormous set of data we have to really figure out how do we make solutions that helps the brain in the different use cases. And again, back to it's both for people with a hearing loss and people with normal hearing, because that also shows what is what is happening in our brain if a sender, if a sense sender is performing uh, below average for a, a, a human how does audio then impact versus if it's if it is intact as we were um, born with or with normal hearing so we've talked about the past uh, when all meetings were done in person there was a single source of audio that we had to incorporate and then you know 
over the last few years, especially with the changes in workplace environments due to the pandemic, uh, we introduced more digital meetings and hybrid meetings where we had multiple sources of audio to deal with. And workplaces have changed dramatically over the last few years. What are your predictions for the workplace of the future? And how can we tie that into what's going on in the psychoacoustic field? I would love to have the formula for this, uh, both for my own uh, well-being, but also uh, for the broader picture. I can put my perspectives into this. And uh, we also did actually a, a white paper, uh, a bigger report on, on uh, well-being in workspaces earlier this year. So, of course, I also some of my perspectives comes from the insights we have uh, from that uh, research. There's no doubt that for all of us, suddenly overnight becoming remote workers was a change. We went from maybe some were 100% remote workers, but most of us were uh, either every day in in a physical workplace or had a few days from home and, and, and the rest of the week, week, but the majority in a physical workspace to suddenly be sent home, sitting at home, and doing all meetings. I think a lot of people, including myself, um, the first period I was like, yes, I've been so productive today. I'm uh, completely exhausted. But then after uh, some weeks, it was like, okay, I'm not exhausted because I've been really productive. I'm exhausted because it's a new way of working. So what I see and uh, from looking at how we work at EPOS and also the, the people and partners we are working with is it becomes very important that we do have the flexibility going forward. Working from home will continue to be there. Working from on the go will continue to be there. But we also see a trend that people really want a physical workplace to go to some days to connect with other people, to be able to take decision and brainstorming in rooms together and not only calling into a meeting. So what I, I think will happen is that we will maybe flip the balance a little bit of what we see today and have uh, some workdays in a physical office to also for our well-being to meet other people be together have a laugh have a talk at the coffee machine and then have days from home where we work more on the to-dos that don't need a lot of people and inter interactions across i also see that well-being is taking more seriously both from uh, senior leadership teams but also from the employees we see in denmark that uh, people start to say they want to work less they want to have more spare time. So that means if people should work less, we need to be more efficient when we work right for the company, for businesses to still be able to perform. So I think that that is the like biggest tendencies I see that we need a physical place to go to meet colleagues for our well-being, for our productivity. There are things that are easier when we are in the same room, but we still have the flexibility to work also on the go or from home. And we will uh, see that well-being, having time to rest and do what you enjoy outside work is being prioritized higher. And that senior management teams need to also acknowledge that. That's not a person that is not a high performer or career person, but that is the new way of working. So 
We've talked about the problems. We've talked about what we think the workplace of the future is going to be. But let's talk about some practical things. Uh, based on this information, based on these findings that you've come across, what should employees do? And second to that, what should businesses do? My recommendation would be uh, that employees really look at their work week and say what kind of meetings is uh, would be perfect for a walk and talk uh, because we know also when we move the body we actually are better able to stay focused on the conversation than sitting in front of the computer having uh, pop-ups coming in. So what kind of meetings could be taking on a walk, uh, walk and talk with a good audio solutions on the ears? What kind of meetings is crucial to do face-to-face? Uh, -face? And what kind of meetings can you do uh, as a hybrid or a virtual meeting. So really employee taking the responsibility and ownership of the calendar and say, how can I plan this? Uh, of course, I cannot do it solely. I need to also take care of what, what others uh, want me to be included to, but take ownership of the work week and how to structure that work week for the highest performance and efficiency. I think for business, it, it is really testing out different ways of working. First of all, of course, making sure you have the right equipment for your employees to be able to work from home, to be able to work in the office, having meeting rooms with the right audio and video equipment, but also the right acoustics, because that is also a heavy part of it. Making sure that I know how to use the equipment I get. For example, if I get a headset with a, a huge noise cancellation, that's good. But if I'm sitting at home alone, I actually get more tired of that because my brain will be searching for the sound of the house. So a speakerphone would actually be better uh, until the kids come home and then I need the noise cancellation. So businesses really need to help employees understand how do they help themselves in the different uh, environments to put themselves into. So what is the equipment you need and how do you use the equipment for the different kind of meetings and, and work sessions? And what would the overall effect do you think be on productivity, both for the employees and for businesses? I think uh, we will see much higher employee engagement or satisfaction uh, at companies. I think the companies that really lean into this and help their employees with having a good well-being at work and at home uh, will see a higher uh, employee loyalty. And that will uh, relate to, into better business results, right? Because the more engaged I am when I go to work, uh, the more value I create uh, for my business. So with all these changes, these things that we need to look at, we need to look at the acoustics in the room and the technology and stuff. We briefly talked about neuroscience and we got a little bit technical. So it sounds a little bit scary. Uh, how straightforward is this for the average company and the average uh, employee to do? There's a lot of partners that is also helping on this, right? Um, but it is relatively uh, straightforward. Maybe I'm a little biased of the business I work in, right? But it is it is really looking at what kind of uh, use cases do you have at the company and, and what kind of tools helps in those use cases. This is not about being able to hear what people are saying. This is about performance and efficiency and well-being. So we need to get away from talking about having a headset or a speakerphone to hear something. We can, of course, hear something. We also have audio in, 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 in the laptops, etc. But it's really about performance and efficiency and well-being. I mean, I think there's a, there's a good example of this. I'm, I'm aware that uh, here at Televox, our telephony solution has an integration with your APOS platform. 
Uh, and what that would mean in theory is that uh, customer service agents, sales agents, anyone that's using this is uh, less likely to be fatigued during the call. They're likely to be able to be more productive because they don't have the uh, brain fatigue coming in from the audio issues that, that might otherwise come across. Is that right? That's perfectly correct and and the compatibility that we have to across Televox and, and EPOS is crucial because this is here where we remove frictions and make sure that the systems work uh, perfectly together to really make sure that they have the right audio but you also have the user friendliness of connecting fast and easy to your system. Dorte, thank you very much for joining us today. I have been Incredibly interested in this topic. Uh, as I said, I'm kind of having flashbacks to some of my neuroscience studies, and it's very scary, very overwhelming, but uh, you've explained it all in a very straightforward way, so I'm feeling very grateful for you for that. Is there anything else you'd like to, to share with us before we sign off? No, maybe just saying if some is curious about this, they are, of course, very welcome to visit our website to learn more. Also, if uh, some of the listeners will have good insights uh, or it could be from how other senses work or anything, I'm more than eager to, uh, to hear about it uh, because this is a heavy passion for me to really understand how I, how we as people uh, perform better and, and with well-being and high attention uh, going forward. Thank you very much. This has been Televox Talks, a podcast about humanity and technology. We have plenty of other topics in this series, which I'm sure you'll find equally fascinating. But for now, thank you, Dorte, and we will see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Televox Talks. To find out more about how Televox turns communication into rewarding conversations, visit televox.com. More episodes of Televox Talks are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts.